Welcome to Folk Roots Radio. I'm Jan Hall. All the best in Folk Roots Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, as we say every week, we're all about the music and the people that make it. Now, coming up, we have another great interview for you. This time around, we're going to be joined by Susie Ungerleider. And you might not recognize the name Susie Ungerleider, but if I tell you that she is a two-time Juno nominee and has released 10 albums, nine of them under the name Oh Susanna, I'm sure that you now know who she is. Well, Susie is now making music under her own name, and she's just released a great self-titled recording. And as always, we wrap up the rest of the episode with more new releases. And this time around, they are all by female artists. And we're starting off this way. From New York City, this is Alma, three women who work in film scoring and audio engineering. And now, they're bringing us some wonderfully cinematic indie folk pop. From their genre-bending debut album, Mosaic, this is Fall. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. It's great to have you along for the ride.
enough to grow on the side of the road in the dust and gravel. Oh, purple Esther, I plucked you out and took you home. Our trip was long, but even so, you survived the travel. My name is Coco Love Alcorn. I'm Coco, 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 yeah. I'm Coco, Coco, Coco. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Welcome back to Folk Roots Radio. You just listened to Colleen Power from Newfoundland and Labrador with the ukulele-driven Purple Aster, and that's from her latest album, Tales from Downtown West. Before that, Julie Title from Toronto with Ghost, the winner of Ontario Art Council's 2021 Colleen Peterson Songwriting Award. And Julie has been releasing singles for the last year or so, and we played her previously on this show, and she's now getting ready to release her first full-length album, which touches on themes surrounding heartbreak and healing. We also heard from Annie Sumi with Wild Wild Country, from Solastalgia, her third studio album, which is grounded in nature and comes with a strong environmental message. And after reading about wildfires, floods, climate refugees, and environmental disasters, writing Solastalgia became part of Annie's healing process, and a step towards reorienting herself in the world, with the fervent hope that we will all finally be able to put conservation and connection before the pursuit of profit at any price. And in the background from Scotland, it's all-female funky folk band Haysk, with Disco from their self-titled debut. And I just love this crossover music and Canada's East Pointers, while they do this too. It's a great way to get people interested in genres they didn't even realize they liked. Next up, Susie Angelida joins us to chat about her new album, My Name is Susie Angelida. But before we get there, from the new album, this is 
Mount Royal. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. parking lots Rolling home every night after dark You would see her shooting pool down on San Laurent Like she was shooting for the moon and the stars You wanted to steal her away like Sir Lancelot And sing her Calypso songs in the park But she was always shooting pulled out on San Laurent So you were shooting for the moon and the stars And the stars We sang upon the banks of the port of Montreal Just after closing time at the bar We fell down on our knees On the steps of the oratoire Just two in the hell do we think we are Shooting for the moon and stars In that parking lot You got Tired of counting your scars Monday morning Back at school At Loyola Hall Still you were dreaming Of the moon and the stars You started to give away all those things you bought Traded your skateboard for a guitar You decided to quit school and said f*** it all For you were shooting for the moon and stars And the stars We sang among the rain 
That's Susie Angelida with Mount Royal from her new album, My Name is Susie Angelida. Now, you may not recognize the name Susie Angelida, but if I tell you that she is a two-time Juno nominee and has released 10 albums, nine of them under the name O Susanna, I'm sure you now know who she is. Well, Susie is now making music under her own name, and she's just released a fabulous new recording. And to learn more about the new album, we're pleased to welcome Susie Angelida to Folk Roots Radio. I thought we should probably start off the interview by talking about the name change. Calling yourself O Susanna seemed like a pretty good idea for a folk singer. Obviously, that song is part of the folk canon. So tell us a little bit about why you decided that the time was right to go back to your real name. Well, for a while, it was really interesting. I was having conversations with people last year. Somebody interviewed me and they were talking about that and they were saying, you know, why this name? When I was first beginning, it felt like I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know if I was going to be a solo artist or if I was going to be a band. Also, my name, just I've spent my whole life explaining it and spelling it. And it just didn't seem glamorous enough. The branding, I mean, I didn't use that word back then. I would have cringed at that branding thing. <laughs> but someone said, why don't you use Oh Susanna? Because someone had created, a, a dear friend had created this card for me and used, you know, cut and pasted lyrics from songs that meant that kind of played on my name. Like Suzanne takes you down, you know, black eyed Susie, she's half crazy. And it had Oh Susanna on there. And so I took that as my musical name and it felt really perfect because I was explaining a lot with that name that where I was situated and where I wanted to be musically. And then as time went on, it was interesting because, you know, if you've been doing something for a long time, things evolve and change and your influences and interests, you know, shift over. And I started to be more interested in Canadian songwriters who talked about Canada or mentioned their upbringing. And I recorded this album called Name Dropper where other people wrote the songs. And it was a really great way for me to start exploring something that was not necessarily linked to American roots music. I think that is sort of the shifting point of maybe I don't need to use that name anymore. 
But it was really now because of the fact that if you investigate the lyrics, even though they've been changed to erase their racism, if you look at the original lyrics, you'll see that there are some very racist images and words in the original lyrics. There, I mean, the song was written before the Civil War by a very young man, Stephen Foster. I was aware of the lyrics and the racist content before, but last year, I think a lot of white people, including myself, started to really feel like, oh my goodness, this is really ingrained in us and in our systems. And this violence is a product of all this thinking. You know, I'm referencing George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, other people that aren't even known that have been killed just because they're black. So I just started to feel like it was time to artistically change the name, but also politically take a stand and say, you know, I don't really want to be associated with this imagery or these ideas. Let's dig into this album. We started off with Mount Royal. Mount Royal is about living in Montreal. You you do this really well. I love these these songs where that tell stories. And I I've always loved my old Vancouver for the the same reason from a girl in Teen City. Tell us a little bit about writing this song, and then I want to ask you a question. I usually start with a chord progression, and I don't know what the song is going to be necessarily. And I had finished writing all these songs about Vancouver. And the next chapter in my life was going off to college, going to McGill in Montreal, moving, you know, thousands of kilometers away from my home, which I really wanted to do. And then when I got there, I was like, what? Where am I? Where am I? What does this mean? I can't understand anybody because they're speaking this interesting version of French and being from the West, you know, it's a lot better now. But when you learn French in the 80s and you didn't do immersion, it was basically like, you know, rewriting conjugated verbs over and over again. And you never really heard anybody speaking French, (laughs) Um, or at least in my school, because we were slacking off, I guess. So I went there and felt out of place. But there were a lot of kind of expats over there, and we were all trying to act cool, like, you know, that we were now in Montreal, which was very chic and very interesting and very complicated and political. And, you know, it was late 80s, so it was height of debates about whether Quebec should separate. And, yeah, it was a very gritty city, and I was very uh, much feeling lonely and didn't understand like, oh my God, I actually never had to make friends in this way as a young adult. Like, how do I fit into a new community? And I was really at, at a loss. So I think the song is capturing that time in your life where, you know, you're trying to act cool. You're trying to woo the girl that you're in love with and it's not working, you know, whether that's Montreal itself or an actual person. And I was just kind of trying to capture that time. And one of the things I discovered was that Jim Bryson, who is my friend and producer, he actually lived there at the same time that I did. And we didn't know each other. And so it was this imagining of, 
well, what if I had known him and what was he up to? And he told me he also felt out of, you know, out of place. And then he would skateboard home in NDG. And, you know, he and a few friends would get, Anglo friends would get together <laughs> and, and just kind of make do. And he quit school. So I kind of put together all these characters, him as I imagined him, my roommate Zoe, who played pool and imagined that they were in, in this interesting love thing and the mountain and, you know, going to the park and is funny because people were saying, are you going to now write about Montreal? Because they knew my life and they knew I moved there and they were friends of mine who lived in Montreal. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but then, of course, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of a good idea. Maybe I will. So that's a long rambling story about how that song came about. Well, I, I was aware that, you know, sometimes the stories, you know, they have part of you in and then, you know, maybe like you just talked about, like a, a fantasy life that involves other people, you know, or just develops. The question I wanted to ask, because I found this when I was listening to the, the Teen City album and then, you know, enjoying this one. I really kind of feel this book in here. And I guess I was yeah. wondering, and, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to, to dig anything up to see if you actually have, you know, considered writing anything like a biography, you know, I mean, you know, you might think, well, I'm not quite old enough to be doing that sort of thing. But, you know, 10 albums in, you you know, you've, I think, you know, led a, a pretty interesting life already. And I was just wondering whether you've thought, well, you know, maybe I should have, I should put some of these stories down. Have you written anything like that? Or have you thought that maybe, you know, not for me to suggest to your branding people that my name is Susie Angelida <laughs> as a book should come out, but I am right. a little intrigued. Well, I think you've been reading my mind because I was feeling like, first of all, before I wrote these songs, I was thinking it would be really cool if someone could adapt the girl in teen city songs into some kind of theater piece or some kind of script because I really saw it as a movie such as quadrophenia or something like that, a coming of age story. And I kept talking to people, well, do you think there could be someone who could do this? And then everybody would be like, yeah, you, <laughs> you should do it. So I actually did write a script based on the stories that are in that record as kind of a movie, uh, it's in really rough shape, but I was thinking it all could, also could be a graphic novel because it's very difficult to get a movie off the ground and very expensive. So that's kind of in my back pocket. But yeah, some people have said, yeah, it would be really great if you wrote a book. And I did write a lot of these stories down when I was on a writer's retreat. I thought maybe I should write in long form some of the stories that I write, that I talk about when I'm on stage. But yeah, I mean, I would love to do more writing like that. It seems daunting, but I actually probably have a lot of content that I just need to revisit and, you know, revise and edit. And it could be something really fun to do. My summer baby shining in the sun Well I guess 
You couldn't wait to smell the roses, my beauty little one. My twenty-nine-week wonder, born after the seventh month. You had my heart wrapped up in your tiny fingers as it wrapped around my thumb. Tuesday morning, a thousand balloons came floating around my room, around my room. Little baby, you came so small and early, but not too soon. We're over the moon. Emily Millard, you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Susie Angelida with Summer Baby from her wonderful new album, My Name is Susie Angelida. Susie Angelida is a special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. Let's steer the conversation into the album. Ten tracks. Uh, you were working with your longtime friend and collaborator, Jim Bryson. Tell us a little bit about the actual process of making this record. A couple of the songs like Disappear and Summer Baby were done quite a while ago, but they just didn't fit on A Girl in Teen City because they weren't part of the Vancouver theme. And then I had a few more that I'd written at a on Toronto Island. I went over there, either completed them or you know started them over there. And I said to Jim, look, I've got a few songs. Let's do some demos and kind of winking at him. Like we say they're demos because we don't want to put the pressure on. Mm. You know, we sat in the studio. I played a bit of the song or he played some of the guitar and then I sang a vocal part. And then I just watched him create sounds out of a guitar or synthesizer or uh, yeah, just like weird 
I think Mount Royal was one of the first ones. So he created that strange ending where it's very mysterious and it echoes and you don't really know what the sounds are, but it just feels really spacey, like you're shooting off into the moon and stars. And and so it was it was a really wonderful thing to be able to sit beside him and observe his creativity. So that was it was very intimate. It was the two of us me with the songs and the skeleton of the of the record and and him filling it all in with all these textures and sounds and so we did three of those sessions and then the last one was sweet little sparrow which we did pandemically which was very weird <laughs> you want to play it live much in the last year and a half i imagine is that right that's right although i was learning a lot about technology at first i really shied away from doing online shows. I didn't really feel inspired to do it. And then I did one through the Vancouver East Cultural Center with Samantha Parton and Veda Hilly. And that was kind of this way of getting a taste of what it could be like. And it was super fun because we could talk to each other and and be in this beautiful theater space and have that be broadcast. And then I was like, oh, you know, it might be really fun to just do something from my backyard. So we learned how to use streaming technology and and have a have it just feel like people were there with us in the backyard and have but have good sound and good visuals. And then I did some live streams from my house where it felt like I was putting together a television show. <laughs> where oh, that would be fun, yeah. It was super fun, but it was a lot of work. Where you know, like you say, when you get into editing or putting a lot of pieces together, you realize it's a lot more work than just playing a show. And so I had my, I do this, or I've been doing this Oh Susanna and Friends Christmassy show, not really particularly Christmassy all the time, but we did one of those and that was so fun. And then I did an I Hate Valentine's Day show. That was super fun too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Like, Am I going to play a show? I'm doing one in Chilliwack. I'm going to maybe do one at the Kulch, at the Vancouver East Cultural Center again, hopefully to launch the record. But, you know, trying to book shows live, I think it's going to be next spring. You know, hmm. I love playing solo. I love playing duo or, you know, or with the band. It's just a kind of different feeling for each one. It's been great talking to you today. We're going to finish with another song from the album. I've selected Sweet Little Sparrow. It's one of my favorite tracks on a great album. It also comes with a lovely video put together by Christine Fellows, actually one of two videos I think that she did on the album. She also did a great video for Baby Blues, which is why, you know, I encourage people, you know, if you're watching watching this uh, live stream or if you are listening to it on the radio, Please, you know, check out the videos for some of these songs that the artists produce because there are some cracking videos being put out by independent artists. And, you know, I love this song, but it's you that I'm interviewing, not me. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about Sweet Little Sparrow because it's got a lovely story to it and, mm. and then the making of the video as well. The story is that Basil Donovan, known for his bass playing, with people like Blue Rodeo, Jim Cuddy, and he's played with me for years and Justin Relage and others. 
he actually writes a lot of really beautiful melodies on a classical guitar. So when I was, you know, finishing up this record, I was like, I'd love to have a 10th song on there. So I said to him, do you have anything, you know, any, any scraps that I can do something with? And he's like, yeah, I've just been writing this tune and thinking about my daughter. He's like, he says himself, I'm very old to have a very young daughter. Like basically his daughter is younger than his granddaughter. You know, this is the life of rock stars. He, so he was saying it, it's so cool. Like if Dahlia lives a long time, she'll live into the next century. So when he gave me his melody, I was really thinking about her. And I've seen this video of her on Instagram, I think it was, where she had written this song about the earth and don't destroy the earth. And when she's singing in front of the camera, she's very shy and quiet and demure. And then there's another video of her in the bathtub, not realizing that her mother is filming her. And she's like yelling at the top of her lungs, like, don't destroy the earth. (laughs) And I just thought, this is incredible. This is what, you know, this I related so well to that because I was a closeted singer for years and just how kids, you know, a lot of times I hope they feel like that people can carry with them that uninhibited feeling. So I thought about being a mother and, or a parent and how you run after your very small children and feel like I can't keep up with them. And yet you know, don't look down because you might fall. If you stop and really understand how exhausted you are, you might collapse. So (laughs) it was like this ode to the children in our lives who keep us running and chasing and and going into the clouds and into a dream world. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. And the animation, let's talk briefly about that because I love this as well. Oh, well, Christine Fellows is a brilliant singer-songwriter herself. And then she started getting into this uh, stop-motion collage video making, and she would make them for her own music and for John Sampson, John K. Sampson of the Weaker Thans um, fame. That's her husband So, and my friend Veda Hilly. And I thought it would be amazing to get her to do a video for me. And I just told her the story of the song and the and the vibe of the song, and she did this really beautiful version where, you know, of a little girl floating into the clouds with all these collages, like her stuff is super playful as well. It just captured the song so well. I please check it out. It's a absolutely beautiful song and a beautiful video. And Susie Angelida, I wanted to thank you for a very enjoyable interview. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk thank to you. Thank you, Jan. This is Susie Angelida with Sweet Little Sparrow from her wonderful new album. My name is Susie Angelida, and you must get the T-shirt on the ball cap. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio <laughs> or watching Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. And thanks again. Warmth of the breeze 
suddenly dives and hides in the green of the leaves I can't catch you now You just leave me to my dreaming This is Kelly Z from Kelly's Lot, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. I like hanging with the folk. You are butterfly.
whispers in my ears Singing songs of a thousand years The river whispers in my ears When I wade in the water smooth and clean We're part of each other, the river and me She's telling me tales of days gone by I'm listening to the river Winding through the world since time began Carried saints and sinners and holy men Forest primeval keeps watching both sides Listening to the river Flowing softer than an angel's tears The river whispers in my ears Singing songs of a thousand years Calls night, sky turns the water to fire driven light. I could stay here my whole life, listening to the river. Flow it softer than an angel's tears. The river whispers in my ears, singing songs of a thousand years. That's Valerie Smith with The River Whispers, a song of peace, hope and healing from her new album Renaissance, which celebrates rebirth. Before that, Sierra Farrell reflecting on the mysteries of life and death on the fabulous In Dreams from her latest album, Long Time Coming. And that's it. That's all we can squeeze into this hour of the show. You'll be able to check out our full interview with Susie Ungalida on YouTube and our website very shortly. And you can also visit the website at folkrootsradio.com to check out all our archived radio episodes and interviews on demand. And thanks again to all of our radio partners who help us bring Folkroots Radio to you each week. We'll leave you with Dar Williams, with optimism shining through on magical thinking from her latest album, I'll Meet You Here. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. We'll see you next time. Living in daydreams, yeah, it's not a way to live. You say the rock bed is dry, you say the drought has got to give. 
Sing. 